every eyes to be closed. We are in a new day. And in every new day, there are things that are supposed to be done. So in this new day, I want us to begin to meditate on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I want you to begin to meditate on him. I want you to leave everything aside and begin to ponder upon who he is. Ponder upon him. Oh Jesus. For David said, as I lay down to sleep, and as I woke, David said he realized that it was God who was sustaining him. You and I, we know that it is God that has been sustaining us from the day that we were born to this time. And I would like you to open your mouth to give glory to Him. Give glory to God not because of the things He has done for you, but because He deserves it. The Bible said that give thanks to God because this is the will of God concerning us in Christ Jesus. So the will of God concerning you and I is that we will give thanks to God no matter the circumstances. Oh, I begin to open your mouth and give glory to God. David said in Psalm 34 that, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So at this moment, this morning, I would like you to join me so that we magnify the name of the living God. That we will exalt him, exalt him, exalt him. Exalt him. Exalt him. For there is none that can be compared unto him. David said that I will give thanks to God because he has given me counsel. Oh, David said that I see the Lord before me at all times. I will never be moved. And therefore I will sing a new song unto God. Let our song this morning be in a form of worship, be in a form of exalting his David said that when my heart is overwhelmed, the Lord should lead him to the rock. Oh, God, I love the God. The Bible said, I bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that we see within me, bless his holy name, and forget not his benefit, oh God, oh Father, this morning, Father, we exalt your name, Father, we magnify your name, for there is none that can be compared unto you, for you are the Alpha, oh God, Shabbatia, for you are beyond Omega, for your name is Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Tikenu, the Lord my righteousness, O Koshaba 
Gadia, a Kambet Talakato Vedadia. Oh, Father, this morning, Father, we thank you, we bless you. We adore your name, Masula Brandas Kevadia, Ekole Velakata, Kolemena, Sulemania, Ratambetakatom Randa Dabashe Balabada, Ekada Dabada Bagadaha, Lakada Dabashe Badada Bagadaha, Ekabranda Dabashe Badabagadons Kevagada, Ekabranda Dabushe Belabagadaha, Ekabada Dabashe Badada Bagada Bagadaha, Lekada Dabranda Dabashe Oh Father, this morning we stand before your sanctuary. And Father, we say the Father, Alone be thy name. Alone be thy name. The other day, the Bible makes me to understand that the disciples went to Jesus and asked Jesus that he should teach them how to pray. And the Bible said, Jesus told them in this manner that when you are praying, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Echo Shabbatagadaya. Branda da balakato branda da basche bele vagadoske O Father, this morning, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be your name. Iko badias kubadaya. Ratambe katai kolemenai. Ika da da vagadoske vagadha. Ika bara da busha branda brava. Ika da da balavagada. Ika da da vagadoske vagadha. Ya da da bantu vagatwambe Ira branda da Oh, you deserve it, you deserve it. Oh, you deserve it, you deserve it. Makula Balagadaha, Yakada Dabashe Badabagadaha, Ekadeta Katovekadaha, Ikubranda Dabashe Badabagadaha. We shall know enough uh, to express how we are grateful. Ikola Dias Kulemenaha, Ikabranda Dabashe Belabada. Lika branda da busha balavada donske vagada Pela katwai kulemenia Nuratambe takatwambe zagadi kulemena Feleminos, feleminos, feleminos Imatube la bagadai kulemena Yabada da busha belabagadai kulemena Ikabada da busha branda katwambe zadia Ikabada da busha lemena Akombe zadai kulemenua feleba Ikula la basse bella bagadai kulemenaya ya branda da basse bada bagadaha ya kada da bada busha bada bagadaha e kada da branda da busha bada bagadaha e bella katai kulemenaya 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 ya branda da basse bada bagadoske bagadaha ya kada da branda da busha bada bagadaha le kada da bada katobe gadia ya kada da basse bada bagadoske bagadaha ya kada da branda Let us sing. 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 Let us sing.
In the name of Jesus, we are still praying. We are praying for the mercies of God this morning. We are asking God that He should have mercy on us. His mercies. So, wherever you are, I would like you to open your mouth and ask for the mercies of God. David said, that Be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love. Because of your great mercy, wipe away our sins. So, we are praying that, O oh Lord, this morning have mercy on us as individuals, as a church. As the body of Christ, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. You said that you have mercy on whom you have mercy. And show compassion to whom you have compassion. Oh God, this morning we need your mercies. We need your mercies. Oh mankind For the Bible makes me to understand that he said that we should come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace. That means that when mercies abide in a person's life, there is grace and faith. When you don't have the mercies of God, grace and favor can neither locate you. Grace and favor cannot locate you when the mercies of God abide it. So this morning we are praying that his kingdom should come this morning. 
the kingdom of God should come. The supreme power from God to rule over everything, to rule over heaven, earth, and in darkness should come this morning. And when his kingdom comes, that is why his war for us this morning will be done. So I would like you to pray this prayer that his kingdom should come this morning. The kingdom should come this morning. Kanda da ba shebra mreba. Le kanda da kanda da mo shabala bagada. E kabra da da ba sheba da da bagada. E kanda da kanda da mo shabala bagada. Oh God, let your kingdom come. Oh, makula zata bagadiya. Le kanda da ba shabala bagada. Let your kingdom come this morning. That your will be done this morning, oh God. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Makosa bada. Kula benai, kula mamoshe bada. Ika branda da boshe bala bagada. Ika lamba lamba tuambe zadiya kule matuambe. Rakosa bada, kula benai, kumata. Shelemena vakatumbranda da boshe branda. Ika lamba lamba tuambe. Shabela bagada, kulebelaya. Ika branda da bo shabela bagada. Ika bada da ba shabada da bagada. Leka bada bo shabada da ba. Ika branda da ba shabela bagada. Ika branda da ba shabada bagada. Ika branda da bagada onske bagada. Eka paka tuambe kata kulebelaya. Eja branda da ba shabela bagada kulebela. Ika branda da bo shabala bagada. Eka bada ba felemino. Belenaya, aya branda da boshe bela bagada kulebenaya. Ika branda da boshe bela bagada. Eka baba kubem bezadiya kulebenaya. Akum bezadai kule branda da boshe bela bagada. Ika branda da boshe bela bagada kulebenia. Eka pam bela kata kule branda da ba. We are walking through the Holy Spirit this morning. One thing about Him is He only goes where He's invited. He stays where He's welcome. So in a program or in a sanctuary, we can welcome Him. We can invite Him. But He will not stay. But as for us this morning, we are inviting Him and we are welcoming Him so that He will stay. So wherever I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit, welcome Him. Welcome Him. The free spirit, the eternal spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of judgment. You are welcome this morning. Good morning, precious Holy Spirit. Good morning, precious Holy Spirit. You are welcome. 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 Without you, we can do nothing. Without you, there is nothing that can be done this morning. We welcome you to take over. We welcome you this morning. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you this morning. Kalala bagadanske bagada. Oh, precious Holy Spirit. Emanauske bagada kolemenaya. Oh, 
And I would like you to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. That this morning, anything that God has purposed for you will be achieved, will be materialized. Pray for yourself. As you are beginning the program, as we are beginning church this morning, I would like you to pray for yourself. That any heart that is being hardened, that God should transform this hardened heart into a soft heart. That the seeds that the sower will sow, which is the word of God, uh, will fall on the good grounds, in a good soil. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself.
pray on it. If you have any seed to give unto God, also you are, and you want to give it right now, you can also drop it to me.
Hallelujah. Any testimony? Any testimony? Anyone has any testimony can come forth and share with us. Any testimony? No testimony. Hey, so the Lord hasn't done anything for anyone. Hallelujah. Is that we here? Any testimony, please, someone should come and say something before we continue. Someone should come and say something. the case we move straight to the word of God. Um, I want us to close our eyes. I want us to be on our feet and close our eyes for God to start. We are praying and we are asking the Lord to come and come with us, to open our hearts to, to, to understand what He wants to tell us through me this morning. Open your heart and pray. As his word is coming, and anything that will serve as a distraction, the Lord should take it out in the name of Jesus. Hayanda Baba, and the Hayanda Gadavaba, 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 and the Hayanda
Father, we thank you this morning as your word is coming. Help us understand. Help us take our word as you want, whatever you want to tell us. Help us find our words in your your word. We pray that it will be a blessing in our life. We thank you once again. We open our heart to you. We say that come and dwell in us. Help us to understand everything that will be taught here. In Jesus' name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Bless. Have a seat. Hallelujah. We are going to talk about something. First of all, we are using the book uh, the Father of the House recommended for us, uh, Basic Truth of Salvation. Basic truth, uh, truth of Salvation. And we'll be going through, we've gone through, but we will go through again. Amen. We all know what it means to be born again because we are all uh, born again Christians. I believe I'm sure of what I'm saying. We've accepted Christ as our Lord and personal Savior individually. But the point is, what does it mean to be born again? When we say someone is a born again Christian, what does it mean? You must first believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That is the first thing you have to take notice. That to be able to be born again, you must first believe in the Son of God, that He came to die for you and I, rose up on the third day and ascended into heaven and spoke to the Father and brought forth the Holy Spirit to come and be with us and help us in the journey. And He has assigned us to move all over the world to spread the gospel. But all this thing happens after you have accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior and believe that he indeed is the son of God. Hallelujah. 
In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Bible says to 30, Bible says that, that if ye shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you and you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So it first starts from the heart. You must believe within you before the mouth confesses. Because whatever that dwells in your heart, that is what you will say. Hallelujah. Okay. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So whatever you think within you, whatever that it is in you, you confess it. Most of the times we say certain things that we are not even aware that it Am I the one really talking about this thing? Or insulting someone like this? Which means that thing has been hidden in your heart for a long time. And your mouth, it's the, your mouth brings out the proof that something, something indeed like this is in your heart. Amen. So for the scripture said, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. This is a promise he's saying. That whoever, and you know God is not a God of he will not fail you when it comes to promises. He always goes by his, he always stands by his word. He says whatever he says and he does whatever he does. So he's saying that whoever believes in him, that is Jesus Christ, shall, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jews and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all that call on him. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. It doesn't matter your background. Bible is saying that you are not different from the Jews. You are not different from the uh, from the from the Israels. You are not the Israelites. You are not different from them. We are all the same. When we come before Him and we call upon Him, He will not listen to this and not listen to that. He will listen to all. But it first comes with you believing in Him and believing in the Son of God that was first listed. So whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You must say a prayer of confession and surrender and mean it from the bottom of your heart. So that means you can lift up a prayer without saying it from your heart. Prayer is not about you opening your mouth. It comes from, it must come from within. It must come from your heart. You must first believe in him as you pray unto him. Amen. So, the chapter, two, the chapter 2 says, What happens when you become a born-again Christian? For every man is a spirit, has a soul, uh, emotions, the soul, emotions, in, intellect, feelings, will, plan, desire, and lives in a body, a container. I hope we are all aware of this. So, when we look at John chapter, um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Bible says that, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and, all, and over every creeping thing, that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he them. 
So every man is a spirit, has a soul and a body. So God formed us with this three elements, looking at how he is, because he is three in one. So in, our, in his likeness, in his image, in his dealings and everything, he created forth man and, and uh, man and female. So the above scriptures makes the reader understand that both male and female, as we all know, in the natural as gender. So spiritually, we don't, you know, we don't have anything called gender. We don't have anything called gender. It is a scientist that makes us believe that female gender and male gender. That is how they describe them. So naturally, we classify them as what genders. So as gender is actually the spiritual characteristics of God. That is the logic. So man is the logic side or the judgment side of God. And the woman is the emotional side or the mercy side of God. Hallelujah. The Elohim, commonly known as Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, decided to create a personality like them and formed them, man, and a help, a help mate. So I began to ask the Lord that, uh, so if man was created and women are uh, to submit to uh, to man in in our art in our art world we have this called feminism and this feminism is is a movement where uh, in the in the fifties and the eighties. Women were not allowed to do what men would do. Were not allowed to be in the office. Always kept at home. Uh, in, uh, they were involved in this domestic labor. So they came about with this, and they said that they want this. They want to fight for equality. They want to fight for equality. And uh, at what? And in those times, I think. The Second World War came up and the men went for war. So the offices were empty and they needed women. They, they, they needed, women realized that they could use the opportunity to also be in the office and help. But as I was thinking of this feminism, feminism then, I realized that indeed we should, there should be equality because then times it wasn't like that, but now it is so. But in the other way, some women have taken it too far to the point that even in their homes, they want their husbands to rather submit to them. And they're not submitting to them because of the things they have gained, because of the uh, PhDs and the schools they have gained, and maybe their husband or the man hasn't gotten there yet. So they wish, they, they seek for, they are fighting for this, this again that um, they should have the right to be the head in the family. That is a current movement. They are also it's the feminism aspect. The current movement. They want to fight for a, a, a moment to be the head in the family, which is against the law of God, as it was said here. A man and a helpmate, and women. He said that women are to submit. To, uh, to man. So any woman that 
has pride. Any woman that has pride. If a man has pride, it can happen because of he being the head. But a woman is against the law. It's against the law. So I, I, I kept asking myself, so what's the meaning of this feminism thing? So let us understand that you need to humble yourself when it comes to whether the person is your husband, the person is your friend, the person is this. Note that he is the man and he came before you. So don't send your arrogance, your prideful life, or don't let that overcome you and think you are the head. Because now, because of that, women can talk to men anyhow. At first it wasn't like that. Then times, you can't, you can't, you dare not, you can't do that. But now because of this thing, women have, have gathered this ability to even talk to men anyhow. So, as a woman, you should make sure pride doesn't set in because you are meant to submit to a man. Amen. So, out from the dust to control the natural commanded creation, which they did with, it, with pleasure. So, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible says, You are worthy. O Lord, to receive glory. Revelation 4 verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things and your pleasure they are and were made. So out of the desires and the pleasures of God came forth man and woman. So by disobedience of man and his helpmate, they allowed a spirit virus of the devil called sin to our to abort in the whole creation of God. When you look at Genesis 2 verse 15, Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, that was when to 17, Bible says, And the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden, dress it and to keep it. When I came across this scripture, I, I got stuck, so I was meditating on this. Bible says that, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So there are two things that the, the, the Lord placed in the hands of a man, or whether a woman or a man. He created a garden. He placed man in it. And he said man should keep uh, to dress it and keep it. So that means when we refer it to our normal lifestyle, any occasion, any circumstance, any situation that pops up around you, there are tests behind it. Because I realized that this was a test God gave to Adam. He said, dress it and keep it. So he gave him this ability. He said he should what? In other words, he should maintain the garden. You dress and you maintain it. So when God gives you something, when God makes something happen, it's two things he's looking at. How you will dress it and how you maintain it and how you will keep it and how you will control it. So if blessings comes your way, there are two things he's looking at. See that? He's, he wants to see if you are able to dress it, keep it, or that thing follows you, that thing uh, makes you lose track and it rather makes you divert from God. So if you see good things in your life, you pray that you wanted a good results and it has come. Bear in mind that there is a test behind it. 
you wanted a good results but you failed. Also know that there is a test behind it. The first one, the Lord is looking. I have given you what you wanted. Is he going to make you serious with me or is he going to make you unserious with me? So most of the times when we see such things, we feel that it is enough. We can take it over here and we become unserious with God's staffs. And those that they pray for this and fail what comes, the Lord is watching and asking and wants to see that out of this, will you still serve me? Out of this, will you still maintain my law? Will you still maintain my love? Will you be able to keep it? So in everything that happens in your life, there is a test. You just have to take your time, analyze things. So it, it, it caught me. Because some Christians feel that the moment we achieve this in life, we are okay. The moment we see good grades in our academics, we are okay. We don't need God again. And it will, it will show in your action. So if you are serious with God, with what he has given to you, see to it that what is coming next will be what you have sown. You will reap of what you sow. So if you reap, if you sow on seriousness, you will reap bitterness. You will reap failure. But if you sow strength, if you sow commitment, at the end, a success. So do not come, do not be down when certain things are are down around you. Know to it that God is still with you and God is still looking at you. He's with you and He's looking at you. What are you going to do when this thing comes? Hallelujah. So God was testing Adam and Eve. He said, dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Oh, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So sin simply means disobedience towards the given instructions of God. Sin simply means disobedience towards the given instructions of God. There is no way the creation can be independent towards the creator and survive as well. Bear in mind that as John uh, 15 says that I am the vine, I'm the true vine. Remember, you, we should understand that there are other vines. There are other creators. There are other sources. Sorry, there are other sources that if you depend on without the, without the true source, of, without the true source, you will not survive. So if your source is of this world, it is temporal. If your source is of something else aside God, it is temporal. And God is saying that uh, if we, the creations, we don't depend totally on the creator, that is God, and, and survive as, as well as being fruitful and multiplied, just as no product can survive or live successfully without the manual of the manufacturer. Sin. It is not because of the fruits they ate that they realized they were naked. It is because 
disobedient caused the spirit to reduce. So it is not because of the taste of the fruits that went inside them and they, uh, that uh, made them realize that they were naked. It is because of disobedience. So disobedience is, is one of the food or seeds that the, uh, the spirit detests. It's one of the seeds that the spirit hates. And, it, it, and the moment you disobey God, the arms of the spirit releases and the shoulders of the soul rises to overcome the spirit and control the body. So that what he tells you what to do. That was how come they realized they were naked. Because the arms of the, or the shoulders of the spirit came, came down and the soul rose up and opened their eyes. The Bible says, and their eyes were open, but their eyes were already open. So which other eyes were open again? The eyes of the mind was opened and they realized that what? They were naked. So God is not an autocratic leader. You cannot do what you want and there is no free will. But God is a theocratic leader. There is a free will, but you can just you cannot just do things anyhow. God gave them the free will. That is why I'm saying that when he gives you something, he tells you dress it and keep it. He has given you a free will, so you can decide not to dress it and keep it. But you can't just do things anywhere. You can't just do things anywhere. For your actions or choices shall determine whether you have a good or bad results at the end. In, that, in other words, you shall surely reap of what you sow, whether good or bad. This principle, this principle works everywhere. The decision that man took when his help meet allowed sin to manipulate them against God and bring punishment to the rest of human race. So you may not know that your disobedience will, will harm those that will come after you. Your family, your generation that will come through you. Maybe what you are doing, you don't know that you are going to harm those that will come. But bear in mind that your decision that you take now, the foundation of Christ is what we have to make. The blocks that we lay on the foundations are decisions and plans that we make by ourselves. Our decisions and plans we make. So, with the foundation of Jesus Christ, he will direct us to lay our blocks so nice and neat and strong so that when we get to the top, it will not collapse. So the blocks that you lay on that foundation are the decisions and the choices and the plans you will make. So if it is without the foundation of God, it will surely what collapse when the wind blows. No matter how beautiful the building is, no matter how uh, metals you the metals you use, it will still collapse. Hallelujah. So we should be mindful that God will allow you to do whatever you want, but you can't do you can't just do anything anyhow. Sin came into sin. The first day, iniquity. Hebrew meaning hata was found in the heart of Lucifer, who became uh, 
diabolo, that is devil, against God Almighty. This means that before a person sins, it starts from the mind or heart of iniquity. As I said, that what dwells within you in your heart is what you will, you will act on. So if your heart is dirty, your actions will be dirty, no matter how nice you dress. So if, if you don't know how to talk, there are some people they dress nice but they don't know how to talk. It is not about how you present yourself. It is how you clean the inner part of the cup, not just making the outer part of the cup so nice. Hallelujah. So everything is in your heart. If you will give to someone, it starts from your heart. If you will pray for someone, it starts from your heart. If you will choose to do this, if you will choose to disobey God, it will start from your heart. So let us be mindful of that. Matthew 5 verse 28 says, But to you, Matthew 5 verse 28 says, But I say to you that whoever looks, whoever looks on a woman to last after her, has committed adultery with her already in his heart. This one there goes to the men. No? This one there goes to the men. And, and, and women too. It goes, it goes to the men and women. Everyone. But the way Bible said you think it's only men, but men also are part. Amen. So let's look at James, uh, Proverbs 6 verse 25. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 25. Bible says, Last not after her beauty in thy heart. The subject is the heart. That is what we are focusing on. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. Okay. Please, let's also look at some. 78 verse Psalm 78 verse 18 Psalm 78 verse 18 Psalm 78 Bible says that and they tempted God in their heart the subject is the heart this one is no mouth they said they tempted God in their heart they caught God in their heart and they were tempting him by asking meat for their last. See, this, this heart thing, eh, sometimes when you think about it, you realize that you have sinned and sinned and sinned and sinned without you not knowing that you have sinned. But it is something that is going on in your heart. That is why daily we need to ask for the mercies of God because we are not perfect. We not being perfect is not by what we say, but it is because every day, day in and day out, the things that are coming up in the world, you will watch. The moment you watch, it goes here, then it comes here. So day in and day out, there are things that errors we watch. So you have to always uh, ask for forgiveness of God, the cleansing of, of uh, from God, so that the Lord will daily heal you and and help you cleanse your heart because you can tempt God with your heart or within your heart without you knowing that you have tempted God and you, you are not supposed to tempt God. Hallelujah. 
So that means Adam and his help may chose to follow the pattern of Lucifer against God and left the presence of God which affected them and their descendants as human race. So your actions, the decisions, you may think that it is only going to harm you or you may think it is only going to harm your, your children or your wife, but those that will come, those that are coming, that is why as you are moving with God, you should watch your steps. You should watch the decisions you make. As a student, you should watch your steps. As a leader, as a shepherd, as a sheep, you should watch your steps as you follow Jesus Christ. If Jesus takes right, take right. If he says left, take left. Don't try to prove that you know much. Hallelujah. Because of what they did, because of what they did, they followed the path. And Lucifer took. The thing is, uh, the moment you, you, you disobey God, there is something you lose that goes in hand, that goes to the hand of the enemy. Lucifer, Adam and Eve lost something. It was not given to an angel. He came to take it. That was Lucifer. So sometimes when the enemy wants you to, to disobey God, it means he wants to take something that is so precious. That is one. Maybe it can be your destiny. Also a prophecy that has been said onto your life. So most of the times we've lost certain prophecies because of the decisions and our disobedience. But we think that prophecy is still there. There is a difference between a prophecy that was said and a prophecy that is that God is saying now. That is why you always have to go back to God. God can say this two years later and three years it can change. And you may think because of what he said, you should date God, what you said, is it still in existence? God, what you said, is it still in the process? Because the devil will always want you to disobey God so that you will, you will take what has been given to you by God and you take it and use it for what you want. So bear in mind, anytime you disobey God, there is something you lose. Adam and Eve lost something. So the picture here is anytime you disobey God, it means the devil wants to take something from you. That is why he, he made that part for you to disobey God. That is why Bible is always telling us that we should not give opportunity for the devil to use us. We shouldn't give opportunity because when he gets that chance, he will take something. There are so many people walking around. Their destinies have been taken, but they are just moving around. They don't know what they are doing. So they are following the patterns of the world. And when you follow the patterns of the world, at the end is death. At the end is death. Anyone that follows the patterns of the world, at the end is death. So there are many people around. They don't have destiny. Because the destiny has been taken because of a, something that they did. Hallelujah. So let's be mindful and uh, be careful of how, uh, be careful of, and we maintaining this, uh, this moment of not disobeying God. Let's be careful. Let's take God serious. Because the devil is always looking for something to steal. He said he came for to steal. To kill and destroy. So they're still in India. He is doing it. Hallelujah. So let's be careful. When I got to this part, I, 
I don't know. I was just I was just looking at it and I, I started going back. The things I have done, disobeying God, I realized that spiritually there is something that has been taken. There is something that is being taken, but I, I wasn't aware. Hallelujah. So let's be careful. When we, when we go to the chapter 3, the heading is the seven fundamental rules governing humanity. The first rule is every human being is a spirit, as we all know, has a soul and lives in a dust. That's the body, as I said earlier. The, verse, the second rule says the spirit of unsaved person is already away from God. This is an automatic sample. If a spirit, that is a man, is not saved from God, you are away from God and act wickedly as a descendant of the devil. When we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more... This, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of garden, of the garden, the trees of the garden, but the fruit of this tree, he was she was specifying the tree God commanded them not to eat, which is in the midst of the garden. God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. This 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 part then. I I, 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 I I was I was meditating on this part. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. This is a method and a procedure he's using in our time and then times, and that is what he's still doing. You shall not surely die. Oh, if you disobey God, definitely he will forgive you. So why don't you disobey God? Oh, if you choose not to do things that the Lord has said, he will forgive you. His son has come to die. The grace works. So why, why, why are you so worried? Go and chill. Go and do this. Go and do that. When you come back, the Lord will save you. Or the Lord will accept you. The Lord will, when you come back, you kneel down. Didn't he say that when we call unto him, then, then you'll be quoting scriptures to you. Didn't he say that when, he come, when we call unto him, he will answer us. So he's telling Eve, you shall not surely die. For God know that in that day, in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So an aspect of God was listed, which was you knowing good and evil. That means Adam and Eve were in the garden but didn't know that what they were doing was good. Please, did you hear me? They were in the garden, but they didn't know that obeying God was a, was a means of they doing good to God. So he said, as God. So in an aspect of... He, the devil didn't pick everything about God. He picked some aspect of God. That is, 
God knows good and evil. God knows the devil. God knows sin. So he said, because there was a comma, be as gods, comma, which is describing the be as gods, knowing good and evil. So he tricked Eve. He tricked Eve. But Eve didn't take her time to, to listen to what he, Eve took it in a, in a setting this way that uh, she will be like God and uh, she can also do whatever she wants. She can uh, have the abilities and the, uh, the, the power that God has. That was where Eve's mind was, but not looking at what, what the devil was trying to do. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, so then a corrupted goodness came in the eyes of Eve, and he saw that the fruit was good. Meanwhile, it was not good. Please are we here? And that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the last of the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. So there are, so that was a moment goodness was corrupted. So, you may think you are doing something, you may think it's good, but in the sight of God, it is not good. This was where goodness was corrupted. Because if they didn't know that, ah, I'm obeying God, that is, that shows I'm, I'm, I'm being good. But, if took, that is why in the world, some people see that they're going to chill, they're going to uh, sleep with someone is good for them. It is to satisfy their pleasure. So this is a technique he's using now, and that was how he discovered it. So Eve saw that the fruit was good for evil. So please, the way we we should be careful of the things we classify them as good. We should be careful of. Because if he says for food, that means the fruit was not something that you can eat as a food. But because of lust and because of what the devil said, he saw and pictured it like what a food. And he ate, she ate it. Hallelujah. So in the eyes of them, so he took it to man and man also ate it. And something happened in that portion. When he took it to the husband and the husband just ate it. There was something that happened. There was a misunderstanding, but Bible, that one when you go to the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. Hallelujah. And the eyes of them both were open and they were and they knew that they were naked. So their eyes were opened. It was after as I always ask, why didn't Eve's eye open? But before Adam ate before their eyes were open. It took it first, but her eyes was not open yet. But after he gave to man, then the eyes was open. Both of them, their eyes. This was the question I was, it came in mind, I was asking, I was asking, I was asking myself about this. Then the Lord said that, Although Eve went first, but bear in mind, it was man that came first. So, there had to be an, an agreement for what the devil, if Eve did so, then Eve's eye will open over there, then the devil will take 
whatever thing that he needed. That means what the devil wanted was in the hands of Adam. Was in the hands of Adam. And God and the devil wanted to take something but had to pass through a means that was Eve to get them. So after he took it, then their eyes were opened. Hallelujah. So the spirit of unsaved person is already away from God. God moved them away. God sat them. So the distance between them and God, the intimacy that was there was a gap came. So if you are not saved by God, there is a gap between you and God. So those that are unsaved, the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is with everyone. But there are distance, there are gap. There are gap. There are, the gap that when I compare the gap uh, that he, he, he's, he has with me, is different from the gap he has with Reverend Evans. It's different from the gap, the gap he has with uh, anyone. Hallelujah. So, you should bear in mind that the spirit of unsaved person is already away from God. The third reason, the spirit of a saved person is restored back to God's presence and must live righteously as God. This is commonly known as the new creation. Second Timothy, Second Corinthians five seventeen. We all know the scripture. Then, uh, rule number four: When a person becomes born again, the body is still the same, but the controlled and must be controlled as living sacrifice. Romans 12, verse 1. When the person becomes born again, the body is still the same. It must be controlled as living sacrifice. Your body doesn't change. It doesn't change. The body here is referring to yourself. That is the flesh. Your sinful nature, it doesn't change. The Adamic nature, it doesn't change. It is still there because that was what they did but it can be controlled as a living sacrifice by the help of the Holy Spirit. So if you are being restored and you are being brought to God's presence, he grants you the ability to, to control that self, that sinful nature by the help of the Holy Spirit that you present it as a living sacrifice to God. Amen. When a person becomes born again, the soul, the mind, thoughts and intellect, desires and will and plan of the person is still the same and must be renewed day by day by the word of God unto total transformation. When a person becomes born again, the soul, that is the mind, the thoughts, the intellects, your desires, your will and your plan, the person is still the same and must be renewed day by day by the word of God unto total. So it's not a one day something. You need the word of God. You need the word of God. It sounds basic, but it's difficult. Uh, ask yourself. Sometimes you are there. You can't, the Bible is there, but you can't open it. You can't read it. What's the problem? Is it that you have to give some password? You have to give some parties before the Bible opens. You just flip it, then it opens. But what makes it difficult for you to Or what makes it difficult for an unbeliever to read it? That should tell you that there is a spirit that doesn't want you to learn the Bible or read the Bible. Hallelujah. When you look at Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. So the seed rule 
says, when a person becomes born again, the person must avoid evil things and grow in good things in God. Second, sorry, First Peter 2 verse 2. I want us to read this part. The point says, when a person becomes born again, the person must avoid evil things and grow in good things in God. So the point is trying to make us understand that there are good things, but they are all not in God. Hallelujah. There are good things. There are many good things. But it was specified that it should be in God. So uh, what Adam and Eve, what Eve did, that she saw that the fruit was good for f- the, f- the fruit was good for food. It is good, but in the sight of God, it is not. It is disobedient. So let us be careful. And yet, at the Please let's be mindful of this. Let's be mindful of this. That is why you need to have the spirit of discernment. You should have the voice. You should be able to listen to the voice of God. It's not everything that comes like goodness. It comes in the form of uh, or picks the picture of it being good. Then it comes before you and you think it's for God and from God and you start blessing God. There are some, they are traps from the devil. Ah, the devil knows that if I bring something back, you know this is from You know that this is from the devil, so you will not accept it. So me too, I'll bring things that will I'll blindfold them or wrap them with goodness and you think it's from God, like it's from me. So it is not every good thing that is from God. Amen. The seventh rule says, when a person becomes born again, the person must think on things that edifies Jesus Christ and his whole body as, as the church. First Corinthians 10 verse 21. First Corinthians 10 verse 20, 21 to 22. Bible says, Ye, first Corinthians. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devil. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the devil's table. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy and be stronger than he? So, Bible is let, Paul is trying to let us understand that you cannot drink of the cup of the devil and also drink of the cup of God. It should, if it is the devil, it should be the devil. If it is God, it should be God. You drink of Jesus Christ. You, you cannot take Jesus Christ and also take the devil as well. It is not possible. You cannot sit before the table of the devil and also sit before the table of Jesus Christ. If it is God, it should be God. If it is Christ, it should be Christ. If it is the devil, it should be the devil. So you think of Jesus Christ or you think of the things that 
portrays Jesus Christ, that edifies Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior and also the, the body as a church. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4 verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, are, are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good, good reports, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. He said that if they be of virtue and if they be of any praise, think of it as, as, as a Christian. As a Christian, I understand that you should sometimes consider negative things, but as a Christian or as a believer of Jesus Christ, your mind should be of positive mind. Jesus Christ never thought in his, thought in his mind any bad or negative thing against the people he was talking to or against the disciples. So as a Christian, if any negative thoughts, or if you are there and uh, always you are thinking of negative things, you see yourself getting an accident, you see that someone has robbed you, you, you find yourself in the hospital, this, this, that, there is something wrong with your soul. There is something that the enemy is, being, is doing to affect or make you... The thing is... Uh, once you keep thinking about it, the mind serves as another means to, to pray. Okay, you can pray in your mind, you can pray in your heart. The mind, once you keep thinking, you keep thinking, you keep thinking, it comes forth, it gives birth, it, it, it comes into existence. So if you keep thinking of you getting accident, 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 one day you get the accident. If you keep thinking of you being in the hospital, 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 one day you be in the hospital. If you keep thinking of you being uh, you falling sick, you losing money, you losing this, you will lose it. And it's also a means that the devil used to steal something from the believers. So as a Christian, you should think positively. Your mind should be Christ. Not just anything. You look at the environment, look at the situation, and you start thinking negative. Hey, am I going to get this in life? Am I going to feel when I go here, they, will they accept me? But it should be a positive mind. You should think of good things. Amen. Um. Actions which do not mean that you are saved. Many people have deluded, have been deluded and blinded by the devil to always miss the salvation in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians four verse four to five. Second Corinthians four verse four to five. Bible says, "In whom the God." of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not least the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus of Christ who is the image of God should shine to them so for we preach not ourselves but Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus sake we preach Christ so Christ must show so it should shine before them. 
it should shine. So if you are if you are blinded by the devil, if you are deluded, you may think that certain things that goes around you means that you've accepted Christ as your own personal savior. But here are some points that the devil uh, creates a picture in, in the eyes of people thinking that they have been saved in the church. One is admiring miracles of Jesus Christ. Admiring miracles of Jesus Christ. If you are the type, you are only moved by miracles, you are only moved by prophecies and all those things. It doesn't fully guarantee that you have accepted Christ because when all those things are not there, that means you will not follow Christ. If Christ doesn't show, or if the leader or a pastor doesn't show any miracles, any style, or anything, then you will not follow him again because you have made that your heavy point that this is the reason why I have accepted Christ. No. Befriending men of God, we also think that getting closer to men of God, that means that we have accepted Christ. It's not only that. Sending money to church, giving alms to the needy and poor, joining a church, playing a vital role in church, praying every day, reading the Bible, being baptized in water, being confirmed in church, taking communion in church, growing up in a Christian family, using Christian greetings every day, being a moralist, being principled and respectable, being popular in church, being or having a good Christian spouse, being from a rich family, being from a poor family. They all doesn't fully guarantee that you have accepted Christ. The only way that to be saved is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. It is not miracles that will save you. It is not coming to church all that will save you. You can come to church and still lose hell. Uh, sorry, still lose heaven. Don't create the scene that you being in church every day, that means that you will get the ticket to go to heaven or God will always bless you. No, it's not all. You joining or taking part in other activities in the church doesn't fully mean that you have accepted Christ. The only way is to receive. That is, you portray Christ. You let Christ become part of your life. You are, you can be in church, but you not. You see, some people can be in church, but their focus are not. Maybe they have a reason they are in church. There are many people in church that they go to church. They have a different mentality as they enter the church. They have a different thing. They have different options that they want to be solved from God. But aside all those problems, aside you being in a poor family, rich family, what again are you looking onto to come to church? That is the question. What again are you looking onto to be a friend of the man of God? That should be the question you ask. Is it because he has money? Is it because he's powerful? Is it because the church is nice? Is it because they have good sounds and everything? What is your main reason being in church? Or what is the main reason you being a Christian? These are, the, these are some of the questions you should be asking yourself. Why am I in church every day? Why do I go for prayer meetings? What is the main reason? What am I looking at? Sometimes 
uh, unknowingly you may be your focus might be on something that you are not aware but because of these questions you your mind will come back hey so i have always been in church seeking for miracle monies i have always been in church seeking for miracles i've always been in church for the for the man of god to lay a prophecy in my life to say something about me then i'll be happy so that means these are the things i've placed my mind on thinking that i'm in church or i've been saved but that is not what should be your focus your focus should be christ everything should be christ these things are certain things that yes indeed you should practice them you should be reading your bible you should be taking communion yes but the thing is what are you doing them for what is your main reason so this is a question to you or personally you go back you think about it you correct things then you change your mentality then you say that i am coming to the presence of god because i am coming to look at christ i am coming because of god i know maybe there might be a prophecy in my life there might be a prophecy and the man of god you say there might be a miracle man in the man of god will command there might be a blessing i'll receive when i go but that is not the main reason i'm in church my focus is jesus christ so that means whether you gain blessings or not whether you will be healed from your sickness or not whether you you'll be successful or not it will not change the reason why you go to church that means it is all about jesus christ that is what is what he's looking for so we have to change our mentality we have to change our mindset that we are not in his presence because we have been asked to come here but because we want to know him hallelujah this is a question to you how or why do you think you are here you can ask yourself why do you think if you've not asked yourself before why do you why am I a Christian? Why did I decide to give my life to Christ? Why do I join prayer meetings? Why do I read my Bible? What is the main reason why I'm in church? Why are things not doing this? Things not going well in my life? Ask yourself all these questions. Is it because the man of God is powerful? Is it because if I don't come, he will blast me? Is it because that uh, they will think I'm lazy? Like Ask yourself so that you will change them and you, you, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Hallelujah. Let us not forget that Jesus Christ came to die. Jesus Christ in him. If Jesus Christ made uh, certain things his focus, I don't think he will be able to fulfill what he had was said, what the prophets came to say about him, the prophets and the prophecies. He won't be able to fulfill them if his focus was not God. Hallelujah. There were, there, there were times Jesus felt like giving up. Please don't think that because he was God. There were times he felt like giving up. But there was something that was still holding on to him. The reason why he came here is to do the will of my father. And not any other than the will of my father. This should be your will. Amen. So you can ask yourself. Keep asking. So... Uh, the three stages of salvation. Salvation is not attained just a day. What believers picture? Listen, then. you have accepted Christ, all right. But you are there, you realize that um, you 
you've accepted Christ, most of the things that I'm saying, you find yourself in it. You feel you are not fully committed to the reason why you have accepted Him. You can you can open up and pray. We'll pray. Open up and pray to God. That Father, I have accepted you all right, but I have not been doing the things you have been asking me to do. So therefore, I come before you this moment. Forgive me. It is not too late. It will only be too late when you are dead. That moment, you will have no chance to come back and ask for forgiveness of sins or the Lord should save. There is no mercy after that. Hallelujah. So now that will be our life. Or when we go out and we talk to people, you, you let them understand or make them cherish the reason why they are alive. Some are around, they don't know why they are, they are even alive. They don't even know why they are in resting. They don't even know where they are in their next point or where they will be in their next move. So don't just take the message and sleep and sit on it. When you go out, talk to people about it. Hallelujah. So salvation is not attained just a day. What believers picture or imagine as totality of salvation is actually the salvation of the spirit, commonly known as the altar call. Complete salvation is a gradual process, which is a total medicine towards the great death and deformed life of human race. Romans 3, verse 10. Romans chapter 3. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None of, he said that there is none righteous, no, not one. So the three death process of human race, the first one is the death spirit of humanity. Let me check um, Genesis 2 verse 15, when um, they disobeyed God, they, they ate the fruit, verse 15. Bible says, verse 15 to 17, we've read that, but when you come down to the 17, it says, And the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, and for the day that thou eatest therefore, thou shalt surely die. This was something he was referring to the spirit. So the dead spirit of humanity and the killer disease to limit the shoulders of the spirit is disobedience. They disobeyed God. It's not because they ate the food, but because they disobeyed God. Hallelujah. So, and secondly, there's the corrupt soul of humanity. Then thirdly, then when you look at Genesis 3 verse 10 to 12, Genesis chapter 3 verse 10, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And Jesus Christ was, and God was asking, who told you you are naked? The soul became corrupted. And the soul realized that, made them realize they were naked. So, there's the, Adam and Eve's soul became corrupted. And they realized they were naked. So this is another the process, the trade death process of human race. And the last one is the general death penalty of the human body. That is death. That uh, when he dies, that's Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. And the sweat of thy face shall, shall thou eat, and bread till thy return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for the dust thou art, and unto 
dust shall thou return. That is the physical death. And the three, when you go down, we have the three types of death. Spiritual death, that's the same thing. Um, general death sentence, that's the physical death. And the second death. When I go to the second death, in it's Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. Revelation. This I think this will be our last chapter. Then we continue next week. The second death. Revelation 20 verse 14. Bible says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And death and hell, when you read verse 13, the Bible says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. So that means the spirit of death and hell had souls that, were, that disobeyed God, and both the spirit of death and hell were all thrown into the lake. Of fire. Hallelujah. That's the second day. That is the day after you are being judged and uh, be thrown into the lake of fire, eternity, and you will not hear something of sin. You will not hear anything like death. So death and hell, everything will be thrown into the lake of fire. But I always ask myself that. Where uh, we, we, are, we are believers, we go to church, we worship God. But sometimes you need to question yourself. The way I'm living my life is my name in the book of life. You should be asking yourself these questions. The way I'm living my life, the way I'm going out, my movements, my in and out. Am I present? Or is my name visible in the book of life? You should be asking yourself these questions. When you go out, you can tell people, ask, ask them such questions like this. It's your name in the book of life. Your actions, your, the things you do. But you going to say it, you ask yourself, is your name in the book of life? Believers, let us not take this journey as a joke and be thinking that, oh, we come to church every day and every staff and we think that is it. That is not all. You need to show a life that shows Christ. Hallelujah. The following are the three dimensions or stage to attain complete salvation in God. The first is the salvation of the spirit. This is the instant change in the spirit where a person surrenders to the altar core of confession of Jesus Christ. Matthew 3 verse 11 where John the Baptist was making us understand that he is not he baptizes with water but the one that comes forth he is not worthy and he is the one that will baptize you with fire and the spirit hallelujah the second salvation is the salvation of the soul this is the main reason of the holy spirit being sent to us through jesus christ 
This is a gradual process, since no one knows a time of change of mind of a person except the Holy Spirit. There's so you have to put much effort for it to be delivered. Because the soul has conquered everything. So it needs time to be delivered. And it's only the Holy Spirit that knows the moment that the mind can change, not, not a man. So daily you read the Bible, daily you pray, daily you get into the presence of God, and one day your soul will be delivered. Amen. So when you see um, John chapter 3, verse 7 to 8, it's there. The last one is the salvation of the body. This is a future transfigured body just as God pronounced the body to die in the future. It also signifies the transfiguration body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he shown to the three disciples on the mountain, the salvation of the body. So it's, it's a process. First, the soul is being the, the, the soul. You realize that in the garden, that was what happened. The soul, sorry, the spirit was left there. When they ate it, the first thing that happened was that their soul was, uh, was their soul dropped down. Sorry, their spirit dropped down before the soul rose up and spoke to the body that you are naked. So, so that is how it's done. Jesus is bringing, or God is bringing a restoration of what was corrupted in the beginning. The same procedure. The soul, you have to accept. The, 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 sorry, the spirit, that is where the, he, the Holy Spirit himself, will, as you confess, he will come and dwell in you. Then the, the, the salvation of the soul, it's a gradual process. That is where you feed it with the word of God. You can feed the soul with the word and also feed it also with the word of God. But it should only focus. The spirit also needs the word of God and the soul as well. So the two must work in, in, uh, in, in common. Hallelujah. So it's a daily something. The Bible we see here, it's, it contains a lot. If the Bible alone is feeding the spirit, then it should tell you what the Bible is about. Hallelujah. And that is where the body is being tamed. The body is being controlled because the spirit has taken over. You want to do something. You want to do something. But the body is tired. But the spirit is willing. But the spirit the, 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 the body what uh, obeys what the spirit is saying. But when you don't feed the spirit, you don't train your soul. The body will always do what the soul wants to do. So that way, the sinful nature is being tamed. It's not like you become an angel. You can still sin, but it will be controlled by these two elements. That's the spirit and the soul. Amen. I want us to be on our feet. I want us to be on our feet.